When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Drink it in now. Back, pressure card. Gonna get hit. Gonna go down. Sack back outside the 50-yard line. Ziggy did it. Drink it in now. He's got a man wide open. Golden at the 10. Golden at the 5. Golden to the house. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. There it is! Been looking for that all night! Cornbread! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on? This is your boy Oakry, and I'm back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Grifka, it is Victory Podcast Day. What is going on? Hey, man, just happy to have the big gorilla off our back. It's huge. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, man. I had heard so much talk, you know, we're feeling so down the way this team was playing, and they come out, and the Detroit Lions play one of the best, the best football games I've ever seen them play being a fan of the Lions like it's a top I was gonna say top five but it's got to be in my top 10 of just games where start to finish they they felt good I mean we're gonna break it all down today but man it it was sweet not only the opponent but just the way they played in all facets I loved it yeah that has to be like you said one of the top 10 games I've seen like I said I've been we've talked about this I've been watching for a while and that has to be one of the uh, top 10 games I've seen where they were able to put you know the whole game plan together so I was, I, was, I was real happy Sunday night. Definitely, man. Well, uh, like I say, it's crazy. We're, we're on the same page then with that. So, like, uh, I'm just looking before we dive right in. I mean, there's no big transactions that I uh, have noticed, you know, that, um, you know, are, are really hit, hitting the radar. Anything uh, on your radar in regards to, like, moves and roster stuff? Um, no, not particularly that I've seen. I know they okay. were uh, – I know, was it Tuesday? They brought in uh, – I did read that they brought in Brandon Spikes, you know, former Patriot linebacker. He played middle middle linebacker for the Patriots. Uh, but, he did? Uh, Brandon yeah, was, Spikes? He's been out of the league for like five years. Yeah, it's, it's been, was I read he was that he hasn't played in two years. But uh, oh he brought him in, so I don't know if they're wondering if uh, with the Davis development or maybe just somebody else that knows the scheme. But I, I guess that would be the only big thing I remember from reading on the uh, Tuesday uh, free agent uh, tryouts. <laughs> so that they brought do they, Brandon do they Spikes. Bring- do they bring in spikes to uh, to play, or is he going to be like an assistant uh, linebacker, player control coach? I mean, uh, this guy can't play. <laughs> yeah, you're out of the league for two years. Um, I don't I don't know where he's been playing. I don't know if he's been up in Canada or like overseas in the J- Japanese league that I've read about. But uh, yeah, I don't know where where uh, they found this guy. If he was working at a Dunkin' Donuts or something, and uh, they was said, your boy hey, Pettigrew. 
<laughs> no, Pettigrew works at the bowling alley. We all know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Handing, dropping shoes on people's feet and, yeah. and balls. But uh, Sorry. Huh, that's that's crazy. He he better not come in. I want to say he was like an 08 draft class or 09, something like that. Like, that was a long time ago. I, I loved him in the draft, but I don't even remember like his name for the last five years literally i can't believe he's only been out of the league two years that's crazy so yeah, i think huh. i think it was two years in the last line from what i read on the uh quick blip was there was no plans to sign him so it's just like woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah like say i mean maybe he can uh be some type of coach or mentor like you say to the davis but i definitely don't want him wearing a lion's uniform so okay yeah nothing nothing big on the radar there I know we have a, an item here. I want to I want to shout this out to the big Hughes out there because this is one of his favorites. Um, wanted to make sure that it was known that foam finger head guy at Lions games is now foam car engine head guy. So we, we want to get that right off the top that he's uh, he's changed up his gimmick, but he still gets the same TV time as before and is still absolutely terrible. So we want to get that in on the open as well. So foam whatever guy. Good work out there, man. Keep keep he's, at it. We, we appreciate it. He's just keeping it fresh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. You got to uh, got to change it up. Uh, you, you probably has a monopoly on some type of foam manufacturer, so he gets <laughs> it done. But uh, we definitely. Sunday night, but Grifka, with no further ado, let's dive in and let's talk about this incredible Lions performance. Everybody was down on them. They're playing the Patriots. It's Sunday night football. It's prime time. The whole nation, the whole NFL is watching, expecting the Lions to get beat down. Me predicted losses as well, which on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, we were trying to be real, but we always say drink it in and we didn't. And then the Lions come out and play absolutely tremendous from top to bottom. Grifka, talk about that, but also the first item I have on my list in big, bold print is the running game. Oh, my. I've never seen the Lions run the football like they did. We're going to get to carry on Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt, and all the others, and the offensive line. But, man, what a game and what a performance by our running game and our O-line. Yeah, I was uh, stunned by that running game, to be honest with you. I was uh... – I was like me and you had talked. I didn't know what you know how it was going to happen. They weren't running the ball very well. It seems like they were just defenses were just like wanted to say like making Matt Stafford beat him with the pass. And I know during the game at first, uh, you know, Chris and Al were talking about how like they had the two deep safeties and they wanted you know the Lions to try to run the ball against their defense. And as the game wore on, they said obviously they showed how the ones you know, the strong safety was dropping farther into the box and it became like the uh, cover one back there, and they were still able to run the ball. Um, big kudos actually to Frank Ragnow, who had like probably the you know obviously the, the best game of his short career. Um, he, that guy was just opening up some holes, and there was like a few blocks where the holes were so massive you could have drove a Mack truck through them. They were just they were just huge. So that whole offensive line as a whole, you know, just doing you know, what they did to that defense. And we realized the Patriots defense, you know, they weren't, they're not like the, the old steel curtain of the Steelers or the, uh, or the old, even the Baltimore Ravens from a few years ago, but still, I mean, doing what they did for that offensive line, showing again, you know, what compared to what they did in the first two games. Oh, geez, that running game. I mean, if, if we have that, even some semblance of that for the rest of the year, this, this team could go pretty far. Absolutely, Grifka. I mean, I'm right there with you, but I need to talk about Carrion Johnson. Uh, this guy, I mean, we had talked about him in the previous show. This guy was incredible. This guy, 
we said get him the football more. I was out of my chair almost every time he got the ball. The way he attacked the line of scrimmage, the way he made cuts at full speed, the way that even when stuff wasn't there, he was getting four, five, six a crack. I mean, if if others out Detroit Kool Aid drinkers out there didn't hear it. Um, I dropped a new sh- little short show. It was only four or five minutes long earlier this week called Cover One. And on Cover One, Grifka, I talked about the one that ran for 101, Carry On Johnson. So four or five minutes on him with a little beat in the background. So if you didn't check that out, everybody out there listening, go check that out. It's a quick listen, and I just give my take on it. But, man, uh, it was a game changer for me. Just, you know, I can't remember a running back since me being a fan and since number 20 was in the backfield that made me feel like that every time he got the ball, you know, even the way carry built, he's, he's big, he can catch, he's slippery. He's got speed. He's got explosiveness. Like I'm just super high on this guy. And I feel like they even still worked in LeGarrette Blunt too. Like I don't think they overused him, but I feel like I saw so much that I wanted him to get at least 20 rocks next game. But, I mean, that was my player of the game by far, Carry on Johnson. So, uh, overall running game, we've hit on it. I'm sure we'll hit on it a little bit more during the show, but it was top-notch. And uh, now the thing is going to be, can they bring that back? Can they keep that up moving forward? So, the speaking of keeping it going moving forward, the next uh, item I had was Kenny G, Kenny Galladay. That's three games in a row, Grifka, where he's putting up numbers. He's uh, – he went for a hundy. He's had a touchdown in every game. I mean, this guy continues to make plays, continues to be one of the number one options. And if this guy's a breakout star, I mean, that's really going to make our offense tough, not only this year, but for years to come. Yeah, he's definitely, I don't want to say the guy that teams are not covering. So, like, they're going to take away Marvin Jones and Golden Tate and, you know, Theo Riddick if he's in there. But he's definitely the wide receiver. I mean, he's running great routes. He's playing really well. He's catching a lot of stuff that's thrown at him. So, yeah, the breakout star on this team is definitely I, – I, it's going to be him. It, maybe teams will start to adjust. I'm not for sure. But – and if he can adjust to it. I mean, obviously this whole game is like, you know, once you get a little bit of tape on it, you know, people are going to figure out how to stop you or at least try to stop you. And um, so far, so, you know, so good. You know, through three games he's putting up numbers. But – um. I think he even realizes it's not all about him. So if they take away from him and it opens up Golden Tate or Marvin Jones, um, I get the feeling that uh, Kenny would be fine with that. Um, but, yeah, from what he's doing right now, uh, he's uh, he pretty much kept him in, in the uh, San Francisco game. And uh, he was a huge part of that New England win. So really like what I'm seeing from this guy right now. Do you think he can keep it up? I think um, his numbers may, you know, especially his receiving numbers, uh, yards may start to fall off a little bit once, like I said, defenses start to adjust to him. They get a little more tape on him, get a lot of, like, this is what he does good. This is one of his strong suits at, you know, what he's not as good at. So uh, once they start to adjust the defense to him. But then once again, if they're going to double team, it's going to leave somebody else open. I mean, I guess right now the Lions wide receivers are, who would you who would you want to stop? And, it, you know, Golden Tate's obviously putting numbers out for years. Marvin Jones, you know, he's not, he's not you know, top-tier wide receiver, but I think he's kind of in that second-tier wide receiver where people are going to want to take away him. So that's going to leave Kenny G open. So, um, I, But I think at some point defenses are going to get wise to him and uh, really start to, you know, put more, uh, put more focus on stopping him. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously been his biggest hype man, but, I mean – 
I've still been surprised by the touchdown production. I mean, three and three games is quite a bit. I mean, he's not going to keep up that pace, but just to see that consistency in the couple of the touchdowns he had, I mean, the San Francisco and this last one against the Patriots, I mean, not only was he fighting for that goal line, but he's making a catch and, and getting to the goal line and, and making plays. So I think that's exciting. We haven't even seen any, like, jump balls or any actual routes to him that were nice and easy to score. I mean, he's been he's been kind of getting it done on his own with his feet. So I'm just excited to see what his ceiling is because when he catches, when he runs, when he goes up and gets the ball, when I just see him in the uniform, I think, man, this is a number one receiver type of player, which I never thought I'd say about Kenny Galladay. And uh, like I say, if he can just keep up the type of catches he's making and the type of run after catch where he's getting first downs, getting to the goal line, that's what I'm most excited about even more so than the numbers. I mean, I think people adjust to him, but again, you cannot – focus on any of our players not only our receivers but our 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 running backs and our even our tight ends made a few plays in this game so I think that's where he'll continue to excel because you can't really I don't think Kenny Galladay is a guy yet or in the near future where people will totally focus on him but even if you did I mean we'll just we'll just get it to somebody else so I think there's plenty of opportunities there Griffith you talked about Ragnow O-line um I guess what I'd say there is you know, I was really surprised. Remember, I'd kind of said I was really down on TJ Lang. He was hurt. He just kind of was really struggling, it felt like. But I felt like he, I don't know, he just sort of had a total bounce back. It seemed like he, he was not practicing, not playing, and not playing well. And then all of a sudden, he was practicing mid to late last week. He played in the game. I thought he was, you know, I didn't notice anything negative from him. I thought he was good. I thought the whole line moved moved the other team, which we rarely do, moved them off the line, made creases, as you already touched on. So, I mean, what other players other than Frank Ragnow really made a difference, or what do you think the difference was? Because the O-line seemed to really gel where they had really struggled up to that point. I think part of it was actually, uh, I know it sounds kind of trite, maybe very college-esque, but I think part of it was pride based on where those running numbers were the first couple games. Um I mean, we talked about the first one. The Jets have a decent defense, and and um, San Francisco they have a pretty decent de- um, defensive line. But uh, based on you know what the offense was doing, I think maybe the offensive line coach and maybe even the offensive coordinator, you know, just really called towards their pride and said, "Hey, look what we're doing. We're not going to go anywhere without you guys." And they did. They re- they really stepped it up, you know, compared to what the, what they have done, and and. There was a point, you know, in that game where early in the second half where they looked like the Patriots defense, you know, come out of halftime. They had a little bit of spark. I know what Wise, I can't remember his first name, but like Wise, the defensive end, he had a couple good plays. And, uh, you know, they, were, they had a couple run stuffs where they were really getting hyped. But then as like, you know, as that emotion kind of wears back down into the flow of the game, the offensive line started to push people again, you know, create some more holes. So I think part of it was they just knew they were better than that. And maybe, maybe somebody called out their pride. You know, and said, hey, you know, you guys are not doing what you should be doing. You know, look at where we're at. You know, you guys have to be better for us to be anywhere. And once again, it, it was a Sunday night game, national tele- televised game, and they just didn't want to look bad again in front of the whole the whole country watching them. So I don't I hope I hope it keeps up. You know, I hope Lang keeps playing the way he does. I hope Ragnall keeps playing the way he does. I mean, you can't really say anything bad about um Glasgow Wagner, um, I think was it Taylor Decker had maybe it was like a holding penalty or two or something like that. But other than that, I mean, I would give that offensive line at least a you know B B plus you know for how they played. 
Oh, definitely. I think the pride that you bring up is good, but I mean, yeah, BB plus, I mean, they may be in the A category just with the production they had and just keeping Stafford clean and all that. So with that, Matt Stafford, Grifka, we had called him out. We said, this is the guy he's got to win us football games. I thought he absolutely answered huge. He played terrible against the Jets. He played, you know, a Stafford type game in San Francisco where he slept, walked through the beginning. He turned it on. He had the numbers. They all looked good, but he didn't, uh, didn't amount to winning. This was one of his best, most complete games, I thought, as well. I mean, he just he made the plays that were there. He finally did have a running game, so he was able to lean on that. He, you know, still had the throws, the production. I mean, he put some touch on some balls. That was great. He made winning plays. And the biggest thing I want to hit on with him is so we come out the third quarter. This is where I have to give you grief, Grifka. That has to happen every episode. So we, we didn't text back and forth as much during this game, but I didn't because I didn't want to get the Grifka, they come out in the third quarter, they do something, and then the Patriots score, and then you get in the mode of, oh, here they come. They're going to they're gonna blow it. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't bother, but when Matt Stafford came out and threw that pick, I was getting plenty of messages from all my friends saying, oh, here it comes. It's going to, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, the old SOL or the old, here they're going to drop the game. And I didn't feel like that at all through this game. I felt like, they had played so well, and they were so solid in all these facets. It wasn't going to happen. So I absolutely loved when Matt Stafford came right out after Tom Brady scores that touchdown, cuts it to a tighter game. He goes right back down the field and, and drops a touchdown on him. I mean, I think that was one of his biggest answers of his career. I felt like that's the kind of guy we have to have all the time. I mean, he's come back a lot, but that was just a mid to late game answer to a big name player in a big situation that I thought was great. So talk up Matt Stafford, a little Griff cause I thought he played great. I thought he led the team and I thought we need to see that all the time. And he needs to help us win these games and, and be a, a top tier quarterback. Okay. Uh, but first I want to touch on the text conversation that you were talking about. I was actually with a, in another text conversation with a group of friends during that game as well. And, <laughs> he throws the pick and uh you're right i have friends we're all picking each other oh here we go you know okay here we go we're all starting to you know this is myself this group of friends has been watching lions football as long as i have so <laughs> this is so we're all sitting that's there, why i cut you out of the loop but go ahead <laughs> that's, what, that's what i said like oh here we go here we go and then at the point where they go up 23-10, they kick that field goal and go up 23-10, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden my friend pings through, you know, as, as the kickoff after the commercial break and goes, I'll say it, 24-23. And I, and I text back, I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh, my it's gosh. Griffka, we're, yeah, we're going to have to throw just, you off the show for stuff like that. Don't The, the people already have disdain just, for you for the uh, quitting. Now, you can't admit this Lions loser mentality. This is garbage. I'm so glad I it's didn't write you. One of those, it just it's just one of those things. I mean, no, it's not. You know, like I said, you've seen it. For, no, you you just see it for a while. You almost kind of expect oh. it to happen. But so, but anyways, but back to Stafford. You're right. He had a, oh. he had a he had a great game. Probably one of the better ones. I mean, it, it wasn't one of his uh, you know his pad stats games, which uh, which um, y- you have to really like. He was able to find a lot of the open guys. I mean, that one interception. Like they said, if you would have thrown it over the top, chances are Luke Wilson, you know, catches it, and he probably doesn't take it to the house simply because he's not fast enough. But um, he just he just tried to throw it on the line and you know fit it through a window. Um, 
another one too I, I don't know if you saw this you know i guess i can't complain because it was like uh you know they did get a field goal out of it it was in the first half and um and there was a little bit of pressure in his face and it was, this is when they were down there i think you know they were it was like it was it, it was it was first and goal but it was it was the third down play and it was another one of those plays where new england brought the blitz but riddick theo riddick came out of the backfield and if he like he kind of juked to the right and he broke left. And as he juked to the right, the linebacker went went that way. And then he as he broke back to the left, there was like nobody standing there. But you know Stafford didn't see and he ended up throwing the ball away. And you know Lions kicked the field goal. It's like one of those things. Like if you wish, it's just like oh, if you would have held on to it just for like you know a half a second longer and just checked down, Theo Riddick catches the ball at the three and just probably walks into the end zone because nobody was on him because everything else was cleared out because the way they were spread out on the lineup. It, it's stuff like that, you know where um. You know, they say, like, they settle for field goals, you know, but that's one of those plays just like, you know, if you could just hold it just for, like, half a second longer, you probably would have saw Theo Riddick because the linebacker had, take, had taken himself out of out of position by going for that first move that that Riddick put on him. So, but it's just, it's small things like that, that, you know, with bigger games coming up against, you know, um, you know, the Green Bays, the Minnesotas, I mean, even, like, the Carolinas, you know, we'll, um, they'll need, they'll need to score those touchdowns and, um, you know, three points is okay, but you know, there's games like that where we'll need the touchdowns to keep them up. But Grifka. others, you know, things like that, you know, really can't complain about Stafford's game. Can I, can I jump in? Sure. You're absolutely killing me over here. Our, our QB played one of his best games against the new England Patriots on Sunday Night football stats looking good across the board. And you picked out, uh, a throw to Theo Riddick he didn't make that got a field goal as your critique of our quarterback. Like, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, Griffith. You're bringing the people down. You're talking about the one or two throws he didn't make. He wait, didn't even hit on so, any of his good throws. He said right so at the wait, end, oh, he played wait, are, well. are you, uh, are you trying to tell me, like, when, like, when they watched the game film on, you know, Tuesday or whatever day it was, like, Stafford didn't see that himself? They're not on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. They're coaches. They're supposed to pick out the one thing. You're supposed to whoop it up and say how good he was and that that's our quarterback. And instead you you nitpick the guy. Come on. And then and then on my text chain, I want to hit up on that. And I got one other big bone to pick right now. So on my text chain, it was all positive all night long. There was no negativity. There was no we're going to lose. It was all good throughout the whole game, even on the uh, when it got close. And what I said, which was a Matt Stafford to Theo Riddick, was right before the play, I said, I put Theo in big letters, and that was the one where he came out of the backfield. I want to say it was like a third down or whatever. Gave the old linebacker his same okey-doke that he does every time, ran the option route. Stafford hit him in the middle, went went forward for about 25, however many yards. Just an absolute awesome play to move the chains. Like, that's the Theo th- throw that I want to talk about, Grifka, and the one that I remember. So I know you want to break it down. You want to talk about all this, but this is Victory Podcast, Victory Wednesday, and – uh I want to hit on that. So, um, well, uh, the, the, well, I mean, no, the, Hey, that's no problem. I mean, that's great. But you know, once again, I mean, hold on. I once, get... once again, you know, you have all the people jumping back on the bandwagon, but Hey, let's, let's pump the brakes here. I mean, you know, yeah, they had, a, they had a good game, you know, they did, but I no, mean, there's nope. still things that, you know, that, that they can improve on is all I'm saying. Nobody that's said, saying. nobody said anything about them ripping off 10 victories or five victories in a row. I'm talking about this game against the new England Patriots. And then here's my last beef. And this goes to Mike, 
Grifka, but a whole bunch of other people, is that when the Lions came in and absolutely whooped the tails of the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football, other than my core group of Lions friends and people that we were on the chain with, I'm not getting any messages from any other people that have been hating on them. No, like, wow, what a good game. Uh, wow, they turned it around. No positive, right? But you want to know how much my phone was blowing up during those terrible games? It's lighting up like a Christmas tree. So I'm calling out all those people out there that want to yuck it up, call sports radio, talk to their friends. Oh, same old lines. All this team's done. They're terrible. And then we play an amazing game against a really top team in a big situation. We play well crickets like, and this is not the first time, but this is, I want to put it out on the podcast that that has to change. Cause I don't mind if you beat them up to some degree when they're really playing terrible, when it's warranted. But don't go silent when they're playing great. And you went silent on Sunday, and I didn't reach out well, to you because I didn't want to deal with it. But I'm calling. Well, that let's out. put it this way: I don't, I don't text, I, I don't initiate the text on any game I'm watching. If somebody texts me or I'm part of a group, fine, I will respond. But I'm not going to reach out. I've never done that. I have never done that. So I'm not going to like text somebody. Hey, look at this game. I don't do it if it's good or it's bad. I've never done that. Grifka. I don't initiate the text. I, I don't I know about that. Through. I don't know if that's true because if I bet you I, I can tell you it's true Sundays because I don't. Where you shot me a, this team's terrible message when they were playing really awful, but I don't remember a lot of the that's text you, messages. That's because when you, you shot me a text first, like after Eric Ebron had a catch for like three yards, and you're like, "Yeah, way to go, Eric," you know. And I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay, whatever," you know. I mean, so you know, stuff like that. Oh man, okay, yeah, so, well, I mean, okay, you're, you're perfect. That's 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 I forgot, but uh, yeah, I'm just I know, saying, I got it. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people out there that yak, yak, yak when things aren't going well. This is this is woe is me loser mentality. Well, yak, yak, yak when there's nothing going well, when they can beat up on somebody. And then when somebody does something good, you go, you look to, to them and they're just silent. They don't want to say anything. They don't want to acknowledge anything good. That's why, that's why this world's so screwed up, Grifka. I'm just here to tell you. So that, that's my two cents. That's my other beef is that when it goes good, say it goes good. When it goes bad, say it goes bad and have the, have the cojones to come out and go out on a limb sometime and, and predict what's going to happen and live with the results. Okay. All right. Good uh, Good talk. So we've talked about Stafford. We talked about the O-line, Kenny G, carry on, um, playing well for four quarters. I mean, let's give the people a little bit of stats right here. So the Lions are uh, ninth in overall offense. They're eighth in passing. I think 16th or so in running. And then these defensive numbers are crazy. Number one in the NFL against the pass – only 152 yards per game. I mean, that's ridiculous. And then number 32 in rushing with a giving up 150 a game on the ground. I mean. Can you believe that, though? That's crazy. One game, they dropped it by 25 yards. They yeah. were at, what, 175 after after two weeks? And, hey, they dropped it by 25 yards per game. I mean, at that rate. I mean, how, how can you not drop it when they're just giving up such big runs? But the crazy one to me is the passing. Like, everybody in the NFL throws for 250 to 300 yards. I mean, these quarterbacks are back there playing 11 on 11, and we have a 152 yards per game. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's yeah. not going to keep up, no doubt about it, but that's a crazy number. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that, but I think part of it is, I mean uh... – I mean, Slay, Slay's kind of taken away half the field. I know they're still trying him, and they're still he's still getting some passes thrown at him because you can't completely. He's not 
he's not that good where you just can't, okay, we can't throw at Slay. But um, he's still, you know, he's taking almost half the field away. I mean, he really is. You know, so, you know, that's shifting the coverage, you know, the safety over to help either Nevin Lawson or somebody whoever's on the other side at that time, T-Stabor. I know Shed played some on, uh, on, on Sunday night as well. So, uh, you know, that, that helps having Slay out there. I mean, that was, that was a big key out there, um, being able to use him and then uh, um, him out there on the field. So, I mean, that's a big plus. But like you said, I don't think that's going to continue. I mean, it's like not even a quarter way through the season. You know, halfway through the season, if they still have that, you know, then, then you really got something. But um, the defense, you know, is, you know, pass-wise been uh, – defensive pass-wise been playing pretty well. And, uh, yeah, you know, they, they you know they had a great game plan against New England, I mean, the way they shut down Gronkowski. You know, those plays, you know, there was a couple, like they said, you know, early downs, he, they get the man coverage. But, you know, third down when it's the guy he's looking for, you know, uh, Julian Edelman was out, Gordon wasn't playing. I mean, they they beat that guy coming off off the line, and then they showed the routes. There was two guys within – two yards of him you know they weren't you know he wasn't getting the ball on third and third and five third and seven anything like that so the way that defense played uh sunday night you know uh i'm very very happy and hope hope they keep that up yeah i mean the stats will, will level out hopefully we can keep bringing that running number down and you know obviously the passing number will increase but um you know, incredible with the way they've been t- defending both in the corners, the back end, secondary, the safeties have picked it up a little bit. So that's been great. So a heck of a win, Grifka, man. I mean, it was one, like you said, that caught us even on the Kool-Aid cast a little bit off guard, but man, I couldn't have been happier come uh, late Sunday night, Monday morning throughout the week. It's been awesome. Let's talk about my next topic, Grifka. And that is the one and only the Detroit Lions head coach Matt Pat as we call him on the podcast Matt Patricia I absolutely loved it that he got his first victory against his old team I loved it that the hoodie gave him a cold shoulder hug at the very end of the game I love the video the Lions put out about the uh, celebration of the locker room where he came in and was just almost they ripped his hat off they were in tears he was whooping it up they were just uh, loving on their coach and uh, I couldn't have been happier so um, talk to me a little bit about how you felt with Matt Pat getting his first victory and, and that this may both swing the momentum or, like you said in the beginning, just get that gorilla off our back of this guy is our coach. He can get it done, and it's going to still take time, but what a cool moment for that guy. Uh, yeah, I was pretty happy. I was, that video was pretty cool. I know we've seen other videos like that, you know, with other Lions victories, with other coaches, other teams that have big victories. They show their post-game uh, celebration in the locker room. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool to see that. You know, obviously, you know, I saw Stafford gave him the game ball, you know, af- afterwards, and the team seemed pretty hyped. Um, I, th- I think the big thing is, you know, having guys there that know him, maybe that's why – you know, obviously, guys they bring in that have played with him. You know, Francois. You know, Flowers on the defense. I think the biggest one is Legarrette Blunt. You know, um, like I said, like I read today, like he'll probably, you know, he'll he'll keep being like the de facto starter, even though if Carryon Johnson gets it, simply because, you know, Legarrette Blunt's there to like to be like, yeah, he legitimizes the coach. You know, he's like he'll be the guy to like, you know. Hey, let's support this guy. Look and see what we can do. You know, all the two-hour practices, everything like that. 
it's a big win. I'm, I'm really happy that he got it. And you're right. Just you know, like I said, just getting the grill off the back, you know, maybe, maybe the team starts to realize, you know, what they went through the two hour practices, running those sprints, you know, in the end, it'll work out. Let's hope I, I, I'm happy. I'm ha- I'm happy. It's, it's hopefully it's turning the corner and, you know, you know, got a big game coming up on Sunday, but uh, hopefully this team realizes that they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, one one of the cool things I like, too, is towards the end of that game, we had it wrapped up, not only because the game went so well for us for four quarters, but towards the end of that game, I mean, Collinsworth was really giving us some love, and I, I loved what he said. I mean, I didn't really know this, but he talked a little bit about how the Patriots – I mean, hey, they don't take off Victory Mondays. They don't um, do these little country club easy practices. They bust their tail. And if you go even to college football, what do they say about Saban in Alabama? He grinds his players down, you know, before they go to the NFL. But they're NFL ready, and they're uh, just totally worked so hard that they, I mean, they produce. And I felt like this was the first time that the lions got to see what their hard work and what these hard practices and what a tough training camp and what maybe a coach that's in their face that maybe doesn't use the best language or, or talk to them, you know, politely all the time, what it ends up getting you, it ends up getting you W's in the NFL, in the NFL when you hang in there and when you go along with the program, one thing I want to say though, too, at the end. So when I saw that video, I was like, hype. I almost had like a, I was so hyped going into that Monday, like at work and stuff, but I almost had like a man tear. Just like I was so happy for Matt Pat, and I just was so excited that this team, like you said, had got that first victory, and the way they got it was really incredible. But I did notice a little bit, like when he came in, you know, he's getting the dap from, as you said, Bob Quinn, you know, these players that are his old players or guys that are his guys. I did feel like there were guys on the outskirts that were still not acknowledge him, not like the whole team rushed him when he came in the locker room, you know, at the very beginning, it was kind of like his guys. And I saw Marvin in there, which was kind of cool to see. He was whooping it up. And then, like you said, Stafford did give the game ball, but there were definitely guys on the outskirts that weren't joining that huddle and weren't whooping it up. So as I said on a previous show, man, I think that just give it time. Those type of players that don't want to work, that aren't bought in, that don't support their coach will eventually not be here. And there's guys here that are on the outskirts now that will buy in in time as victories pile up and as better play happens, as they learn these techniques, all that type of stuff. So I took it as a great moment and also a sign that, man, there are some players in there that seemed a little bit more distant. But, you know, Patricia, even in his in his postgame presser, I really noticed, too, he he was giving the players a lot of credit, which I think I see that out of Bill Belichick a lot. Like when he wins at the highest level, a lot of his answers are, hey, it's the players. The players are out there winning the games. I'm, you know, but when they lose, Patricia will do the, hey, it's on me and the coaching. We got to get better. I think he took that from good old William Belichick there. And I think, I think he's bending a little bit with the players, but I think he's also not going to bend on hard work. Um, just this sense of, I know what it takes to get to Super Bowls. I've been there. Other guys in this locker room have been there, and a lot of you haven't. So I think he's going to continue to be a grinder when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, and I love it, man. Just keep it up and, and weed out the people as you have to. But it, it was it was one of those classic moments, I think, that might take us not only farther this year than we had thought 
or but down the road years to come i think it was kind of one of those moments that you might look back on and say remember when that was kind of the start of when he started getting it rolling a little bit yeah i think the um was it in the pregame they were uh I believe uh, Michelle Tafoya was talking about a uh, conversation, you know, had with Glover Quinn and, you know, what it was like having a new coach. And because, you know, there was, you know, there was that, you know, I think you might've mentioned it. And I think I've, I've said it before, or read something that Glover Quinn might've been one of those guys is more of a Caldwell guy, like the way he did things, you know, and uh, Glover Quinn, you know, told Mich- Michelle Tafoya, it's like, Hey, he's the coach. We got to back him. You know, yeah, things changed, but you know, he, he's the coach. He's this guy we got to listen to. So, once again, take that, you know, I wasn't there to hear the tone in his voice. You know, she said it, you know, the way a reporter always speaks, you know, just in that, you know, same monotone voice. So, how do we take that? What are you saying? It's just like, he's the coach? I mean, was I'm, I, I don't know if he's one of those outskirt guys that, like, that you're talking about or if he's going to, like, that veteran, you know, leadership now. It's just like, yeah, he's the coach. we got to listen to him. we got to go out there and try to win for the guy or, you know, win for ourselves, however it is. I, I, I'm not for sure. But um, I, I saw the same thing you saw, you know, when he walked in, you know, you've seen like some of those post-game pre- pressers or post-game celebrations, like as soon as the coach walks in, it seems like everybody mobs him. And you know, you're right. I mean, it seems like he got about halfway into the locker room before guys like started coming over to him and, you know, Bob Quinn and, you know, Rod Wood shook his hand, you know, and then like, you know, everybody, the players like, okay, we can come over. There's a few guys, you know, like I said, Marvin Jones, Garrett Blunt. You know, but I, I, I know what you're talking about when you said, you know, there still seem like a few guys that are just like, yeah, OK, it's the coach. You know, uh, you know, maybe they're those guys that are very intrinsic, you know, that, you know, celebrate inside more than, you know, boisterous. I mean, I don't know. But I, what you were saying about, you know, the guys on the outskirts, I, I know what you're talking about. I saw the same thing. Yeah, I mean. You just give it time. You know, that's why I was kind of grilling you recently is hey, we're two games in, you know, we were a preseason in before people were talking about, are the players quitting? Is it too hard? Like you have to give things time. You have to let things settle in and you have to, um, you know, let a new program just figure itself out. Everybody's different as, as Caldwell would always say, but people, you know, it takes a little while to get to know somebody and, and uh, buy in or get to know them personally. And then once you know them personally, then it's easier to work for them or know what makes them tick and all that kind of stuff. So I think we're just in that range with a new coach and a new scheme and a new kind of a new era here with the Lions for the next, what, five years. It's basically Stafford, Patricia Quinn are the three guys that need to get it done at each of their levels. So I think that you know, we had a bunch of rough spots for a preseason and two games, and we had a great spot this Sunday night. So, Matt, Pat, we're super happy for you. What a great victory for our head coach. I'm su- I'm just stoked, as Grifka would say, for uh, Matt, Pat to be here, not only now, but long-term, hopefully. And I'm behind him. You know, even if we have some rocky moments, I think he's still going to really be uh, a great coach when it's all said and done here with the Lions. So, Grifka, we've reviewed the game. We've... We've talked about Matt Pat. We've given him a, a pat on the old back for this uh, big victory, pun intended. Um, what, what do you say we hit a few questions and then uh, we'll get out of here for this week? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. I'm going to throw some of these at you, Grifka. So first question comes from Tom from California. Tom wants to know, how were the Lions able to dominate the Pats so bad on Sunday night? Obviously, we've hit on that in the review, but give us – one thing that you thought really helped us just whoop them from head to tail? I think the big thing was, like, Matt Patricia knew the guys on that defense. 
they knew what they could do, you know, what they couldn't do. There wasn't a whole lot of turnover from the year before. I mean, yeah, there was a couple guys gone and they brought a couple new guys in, but he pretty much knew what each one could and couldn't do. So uh, he was able to put a game plan together to ex- to exploit those. I mean, I think that the uh, line, the Patriots linebackers aren't a bunch of speedsters, so uh, they were able to get to the outside a lot. Um, you know, their one decent cornerback is um, is Gilmore. I mean, he's 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 good, but uh, I still think you can pass on that defense. So uh, I think just knowing that defense, able to come up with a game plan, was uh, the biggest thing for those guys. And you said you said he knew the offense or the defense. I think it came, maybe came down to he knew that offense. He knew how to how to kind of bracket and deal with Gronkowski. He, you know, most people say they know how to deal with Brady, but he both dealt with Brady and and dealt with Brady in a way that most people talk about but can't do. Kept him off the field. I mean, that was tremendous just to see him continuing to sit over there. And uh, I thought that was the biggest thing is that he had some insight onto what Brady likes to do, what that offense likes to do. Cause I think he probably schemed up our defense a little bit more than maybe knowing their defense. But like you say, you kind of maybe saw it the other way. So I, uh, I thought he really dealt with their offense well and just keeping him off the field to me was the biggest thing uh, that in our running game. Next question, Griffith comes from William, and William is based out of New England. Hmm, that's that's interesting. William wants to know: Is it just me, or is Matt Pat changing up his look a bit with his hat forwards and the new black hooded trash bag shirt? <laughs> um, I think the hat forward makes him look more of a uh, head coach as opposed to a coordinator. So uh, maybe that's why he's doing that, but uh, still wearing the uh, the trash bag. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if that's changing a whole lot there. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought he was wearing the new trash bags. I think the NFL cracked down. They brought out these new terrible Nike like pullover hoodies that have this weird neckline that just looks weird, and they're making all the like I saw all the assistants and everybody wearing them. So I think Roger Goodell and company said, "Hey, uh, you guys need to start wearing our swag because we got to move some more merch at NFL Shop." But uh, the hat forwards or backwards really doesn't bother me. Like I've always been a stickler for like people beat people up all day for what they look like. I mean, if you wear your hat backwards, it. 40 or 50 it doesn't make me think you're a childish kid it just makes me whatever you know and you like it that way or you wear your hat that way no big deal but people make a huge issue out of it so i mean i could care less if he gets w's he could wear it sideways for all i care but uh yeah i i thought he was making a few changes and you know probably just due to lots of factors but uh william that's our answer to that is yes he looks a little different but uh, it doesn't matter what you look like if you get w's right william um our next question comes from slim from detroit slim wants to know grifka will the real detroit lions please stand up please stand up (laughs) please stand up (laughs) yeah let's, let's hope this is the real detroit lions right here uh and those first couple games were, uh, they were like the uh, Fugazi, uh, you know, Detroit Lions. So uh, let's let's hope these are the ones that are actually standing up and they're going to look like this the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope that we have an encore of uh, this Lions that we saw and uh, that they just have a revival for this season. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be, this will be the team, but there's definitely going to be some rocky moments. I mean, the NFL is so crazy. Grifka, I'm in a pick em every year at work. And 
I am the worst. Like I always finish at the bottom third. And it's like, not because I don't know the NFL. It's because the NFL is ridiculous. Like, Oh, so you took the Vikings this week is what you're trying to tell me. Who didn't? There's, there's no way to predict the NFL. I mean, you might as well take a dartboard, put a blindfold on, throw it and see what sticks, flip a coin. I mean, ask your child. I mean, anybody can predict these games because nobody can predict these games. So it's just absolutely nuts, man. Craziness, craziness. Next question, Rob in Massachusetts. It's, and we're getting a lot of uh, maybe Patriots fans here. Rob wants to know. Uh, he says, <laughs> oh, man. Rob says, I would rather retire than listen to this podcast again. Oh, man. Well, Rob, I mean, I'll take this one, Grifka. Uh, yeah. What did, what did Mike Tyson say? Change your station then, uh, Rob. I mean, if you don't <laughs> want to come to Detroit, if you don't want to listen to us, if you don't want to uh, if you want to be like another Rob I know and say, man, if you're going to move me there, then I'll just retire. Then, uh, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other uh, podcasts on cooking or on uh, knitting that you could go listen to. Maybe the Detroit Kool-Aid cast is not for you, Rob, in Massachusetts. I would agree with you on that. If you don't want to listen, go ahead, change the station. I'm sure you can probably, yeah, as you're flipping through the stations, you can find a commercial on like Tide Pods or something like that. Who who knows? <laughs> Definitely, man. We make a lot of friends, don't we, Grifka? I'm sure like uh, the, the people love us out there who just crack these listeners. But I mean, yeah. Rob, to me, from Massachusetts, sounds like a real punk, kind of like a frat boy wannabe crazy man. I mean, we we don't need that kind of garbage. I mean, wait, hold on. Let me get my paper out. Hey, Rob, here's your question. You hear that? That's me crumpling up your question. I feel like I have to do that once a show now, Grifka. Oh, we got two more questions. Can you can we get these through? Can we make it through after Rob brought us down there? Yeah, let's let's just knock these couple out. Okay, we got a similar one like this a couple weeks ago. Um, this one is Al from the booth. So we keep getting these questions from the uh, the guys on the announce table. But Al from the booth wants to know, do you know Stafford's baseball teammate in high school was Clayton Kershaw, Grifka? Oh, my. Jeez, man. That's – I don't think – yeah, I didn't know that. I've never heard that before. It's just it's utterly amazing, man, how, like, these uh, guys from the booth are able to just drop bombs like this and <laughs> nobody knows the stuff. They just They just break out the greatest nuggets. I mean – Man, it's unbelievable. These guys get paid millions, and they just repeat the same things over and over again. I, I laughed out loud <clears throat> when I heard him say it right away. I think it was like the first or second quarter. He broke that out just all of a sudden. <laughs> like It just made me laugh. It was like, oh, man, like you don't think we've heard that before. You haven't done a special piece every time the lines are on prime time about I mean, Kershaw and Stafford and pictures you, of them I mean, as kids. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, or they didn't, they, they bring up, they bust out the picture of like where it shows like Kershaw pitching and like Stafford was like his catcher or something <laughs> like that. You know? uh, yeah. We haven't seen that one either. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hey, Al from the booth water's wet too, by the way, just in case you didn't know. Oh boy. Uh, all right. Last question. Grifka, Matt from the D, Oh, man, I love this question. Matt from the D wants to know, did Grifka quit on the team this week? Big question mark. Grifka. Did I quit? No, I was just cautiously optimistic on the way they were playing. <laughs> Good, man, because, uh, like I say, we tried to talk you out of that, but the people are still skeptical because you're, you're – performance i think 
what, two weeks ago in that San Francisco game. So they're going to be asking you week after week if you're hanging in there with this team. And this week it sounds like you did, but they did play one of the greatest games of their whole life. So if it gets a little rocky or if they don't play so great, I'll be at probably asking you that again, or Matt will be from the D. So uh, Grifka hung in there this week, everybody, and we're proud of him. And uh, it was a heck of a game to hang in there. So Grifka, that's all the questions we have, man. You got anything else big you want to talk about? No, man, just celebrate this big W and uh, on to Dallas. Man, sounds, he sounds like a coach, everybody. On to Dallas. Uh, but, yeah, everybody, uh, it's been a great show. We've, we've been looking forward to doing one of these victory shows for a while. Hopefully more to come. We encourage you to pull up the podcast, rate, review, share it with a friend. Um, check out our website, DetroitKoolAid.com. We're going to be uh, hopefully put some more stuff up there. Um, shortly, or it's just kind of a fun place to go. A couple things on there, and you know, who knows? We might even be getting some, some. We've been digging into the draft, or I have been at least uh, moving forward. So there's always fun stuff on there to kind of look forward with this Lions team. But right now, as Grifka said, we're just on to Dallas. This is going to be a huge game against the Cowboys. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you drink in that Detroit Kool Aid all week uh, after a big victory, and we'll be coming back to you Friday morning with that Cowboys preview. And probably some other content this weekend as well. I might do another cover one. So be on the lookout for that. But lots of Detroit Kool-Aid coming your way. And we're super excited. So everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.